0: hello it's david here and thank you for listening to the leader it would be lovely if you could hit that little subscribe button on your podcast provider not only does it mean you get this show every day at 4 p.m but it tells whoever you get your podcast from that the leader is worth listening to so they tell others about us it makes a really big difference so please do subscribe now from the evening standard in london this is the leader (laughs) Hi, I'm David Marsland. Have people stopped
1: listening to the government and is it the government's own fault? We need to make sure that we agree a set of rules and we all follow them. And right now, it's really hard to know what the rules are and that's a problem.
0: Associate editor Julian Glover as yet more rule changes come in and more confusion results. And?
2: So it uses different jurisdictions around the world for different tax purposes. For instance, it can lodge its profits elsewhere. It could take its profits from the UK and lodge them in Ireland or another country.
0: Mark Shapland explains how Amazon can make so much money in the UK and pay so little tax here. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, coronavirus confusion.
3: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN.
4: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
0: In the 2.10 at Doncaster races, Tarbush took 1st place at 8 to 1 odds. Two and a half thousand people watched the horse win, the day after the government said it's bringing in laws to restrict social gatherings to six. How can that happen? The laws themselves don't come into next week, but why the delay? And why don't they apply to offices or schools? And what about those foreign travel quarantine rules? Does anyone understand them? at all there's a lot of regulation out there even more advice and a lot of it seems to be conflicting our editorial column says it's time for a reset
3: rules don't work if people don't trust them know why they are needed or understand them do even ministers know what is and isn't allowed the government should learn lessons from the first time coronavirus rates began to soar lesson one Get communication right, and stick to what you say. We need on-camera statements backed up with detail, questioning, and evidence. Lesson two. The test and trace system must work. Why has it crashed? Lesson three. Economic support is key. If things such as theatres are to be shut, furlough must be extended. Lesson four. Those in charge must stick to the law too. Whether you are driving to Barnard Castle or proposing to break international law, there can't be one rule for the bosses and another for the rest of us. Lesson five. There isn't a British exception. In the spring, we acted too slowly even as Italy showed what was coming. Clarity, consistency and humility are needed. Characteristics the government lacks.
0: Well, our associate editor, Julian Glover, is with me. Julian, is there a point when people
1: just give up and stop listening to the government? I think people want to do the right thing on coronavirus. They want to live their lives. They want to be left in some freedom and they want to stop spreading the disease and hurting and risking the death of other people. And all of those things are difficult to do as individuals. And you have to sort of step back and ask, what is the point of the state? I know that sounds like a... Sort of university lecture, but maybe that's what we need at the moment in this country. What what do we do together better, and what can we do as individuals well? I'm kind of more on the individual side a lot of the time. I believe in liberty. I think most of the time the government messes stuff up. Not this government, any government. The state makes mistakes. It's not good at telling us how to run our lives. It isn't good when it when it, it tries to run companies. It, it isn't particularly good at lots of things. But what it is good at, or should be good at, is the sense of there are some collective things we need to do together. We need to make sure that we agree a set of rules and we all follow them. And the people who don't follow those rules uh, realise there may be penalties with that. Right now, it's really hard to know what the rules are. And that's a problem.
0: But I can imagine being inside those cabinet meetings, being inside Downing Street, as you have a rapidly changing environment, the unpredictability of coronavirus, how difficult it must be to come up with a coherent strategy, particularly when you have individual departments, individual ideas, individual priorities even. You've been inside there yourself Julian, how hard is it to get everyone to come together behind a cohesive message?
1: Uh, it probably is quite hard. Um, it's, it's why you want good people doing the job. This is not an easy job to do. What we're finding out is we've got a cabinet that mostly isn't up to it. They need a few people in it who are. And we have a chancellor who's definitely up to it and he's handling it well. And look at the contrast between his reputation and everybody else's. That's really the contrast between being competent and not being competent and having a good team around you, as he does, and, and sticking to a plan and being able to explain how things are working. Of course, he's got questions too about economic support. If we're all told we can't meet in groups of more than six, lots of businesses are going to go bust and sack all their staff. So is he going to extend furlough? Well, the other the other thing, though, is it is difficult. And that's why the government needs to be open about the difficulties. And it needs to tell us there are a series of things that will be judged and this will vary. We had an attempt by Boris Johnson early on. He came back with a, with a completely amateur sort of PowerPoint set of slides with coloured dots all over it, which you couldn't actually read on a TV screen or a computer screen, that we're going to say, we are in orange, and when we get towards blue, we can do this, and when it's red, it's like that, and and it all looked terribly impressive. I, I don't know if that, that, that slide pack is somewhere in a dusty drawer in Downing Street, or if they just made it up, or if someone deleted the computer file by accident, but we've never seen it again. That's the trouble. Gimmick, followed by chaos, followed by gimmick, followed by indecision. Eat out to help out, let's all go to the pub, but you can't meet in groups of six. At the moment, if... It seems right from these new rules. You'll be able to meet six people in your house in one group, but you could go to a pub with 300 people in it, indoors, people you've never met, you know nothing about, you don't know how they've been behaving. As long as they're at a separate table and you don't speak to them, it's fine. Now, that might be how it has to be, but it doesn't speak of clarity or honesty or joined up. It speaks of panic. And what's happening is that they're panicking, that the figures have gone up in France badly, they've gone up in Spain catastrophically, where I've been to both countries just now, and people are very worried about what's going to happen, and for a bit they went, ah, but we're good in Britain, we've got quarantine against those nasty foreigners, it's all very well in Britain, just like they used to in March when they said, look at Italy, but of course, what do you expect of the Italians? They couldn't handle disease, we've got the NHS. They suddenly woke up in the last 24 hours and went, my God, it's all going to happen here all over again, We're slow to the party. Better dream up a plan. Here's a plan.
0: Who does the reset? Does it have to be Boris Johnson? Should it be Matt Hancock? Somebody else?
1: Well, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the government has the capability to get out of these habits. And as you say, it is really difficult. I completely sympathise. It would help, for instance, if they weren't trying to break international law and get through the hardest deal in Brexit at the same time. They can't cope with doing both nor could we. We shouldn't expect them to cope with both. They should have delayed this exit thing and concentrated on coronavirus. I'm afraid we can't expect much hope from the people who are doing this until something changes. A vaccine, God knows. Right now it's a bit of a mess but it looks like we're going to have to follow yet another new rule and it will probably change in a few weeks time again to something else. Meanwhile if you run a theatre, you you're trying to do a sporting event, remember over the next 4 days 20,000 people are going to go to watch horse racing in doncaster now it's a cheap trick but do remember who the chair of the jockey club is uh, it just happens to be the same person who's in charge of the test and trace program
2: next bezos in 2019 became the richest man in the world he's now richer than bill gates i mean if he thinks he's going to get any sympathy i'm sure he doesn't want any sympathy but he thinks he's going to get any sympathy he's not going he's not going to get it
0: Mark Shapland, how does Amazon get away with paying so little tax?
4: Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
3: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
0: Last year, Amazon's revenues in the UK went up from £10.9 billion to £13.7 billion. Their tax bill on all those billions is £293 million. MPs like Labour's Margaret Hodge say that's unacceptable. In fact, she's called it utterly obnoxious. Mark Chaplin from our City Desk is here though. Mark, why does Amazon pay so little tax?
2: So Amazon pays so little tax because of the way it's structured, so it uses different jurisdictions around the world for different tax purposes. For instance, it can lodge its profits elsewhere. Um, It could take its profits from the UK and lodge them in Ireland or another country. By moving your money around like that, you avoid certain tax regimes and That way you pay less tax on profits in particular.
0: And it says it's operating profits, although it doesn't reveal them, are relatively low as well.
2: Yeah, so Amazon has this very unique model where it doesn't actually focus on profit. So what it tries to do is grow its revenue as fast as possible. So it's about eating everything up, which it has done very successfully, particularly in this country. If you have a large profit as a corporation, you have to pay a lot of tax, a lot of corporation tax on that profit. If your profits are low, your taxes are lower. In some instances, there are some companies, Amazon don't do this, but there are some companies that deliberately run a loss. Because if you deliberately run a loss, you can have huge revenues, you can have billions of pounds worth of revenue. But if you run a loss, you don't actually have to pay any taxes at all. And now
0: we've got MPs like Labour's Margaret Hodge, who say that Jeff Bezos has a moral obligation to pay more tax. But if he doesn't have a legal one, he's probably not going to, is he, Mark?
2: There's a very American way of looking at this, which is, it is all about business. And if you can get away with it, why wouldn't you? I mean, in fairness to Bezos, he's not the only businessman to do this. The argument from Hodge is an interesting one, which is that Amazon's just announced it's going to hire 7,000 UK workers. And she's quite right. They're well-educated, they're going to be reasonably healthy, and they're going to need to use the roads and the public transport to get to work. So why isn't Bezos making a contribution to that? In that way, it's not actually moral. It's, it, it's sort of um, just plain common sense, really.
0: But I think Amazon would probably say that you know, even if their tax bill's not high, they're in directly investing, they say, £23 billion into into the UK. So it's not like they're putting nothing in, Mark.
2: No, and they have built huge infrastructure in this country. They've, they've got big warehouses, they employ thousands of people, uh, undoubtedly at a time when coronavirus, when you see all these endless job losses for Amazon's to turn around and say we're going to hire more workers by Christmas, you can't really fault them for that. I mean, they deserve credit for that. I, I don't think that's really the argument. I, th- I think the argument is more the fact that, okay, well, if you're going to come over here and you are going to have the massive impact that you have had, you know, they've put a lot of bookstores out of business to start off with, they will put a lot of retailers out of business. I mean, they've recently signed uh, a supermarket deal. I'm sure the UK supermarkets will be very worried. Now, that's all fine. That's capitalism. It's, it's, it's a hard game. It's a nasty game. But if you're going to do that, you, you, sh- you should be paying tax as well.
0: And it's not just Amazon. There's been criticism on Facebook, on Google, these big tech companies making vast amounts of money but not paying vast tax bills. Is there anything people are doing about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, we do actually have a, a tech tax in this country, but Amazon and all the big tech firms nonchalantly just uh, decided to pass on the cost of that tax onto the customer, which, I mean, it's just remarkable, really. I mean, I, I mean that really is uh, quite nonchalant and quite obnoxious. Really, what we need is a coordinated global effort. I don't think the UK can do this by itself, For the UK government to think that they're single-handedly going to take on all the biggest tech players on the world is, uh, is a little ridiculous. It, it will take the French and the Germans and the US and, and everybody coming together and trying to work out some sort of tax structure so that these companies can't just move their money around and avoid certain tax systems that they don't like.
0: And, of course, there are people like the CEO of Amazon who are making huge amounts of money themselves, aren't they,
2: Mark? Yeah, I think this is what's particularly galling for the average individual in this country, is that Bsos in 2019 became the richest man in the world. He's now richer than Bill Gates. He has a fortune of about £150 billion, which is just an astronomical sum of money. Uh, Amazon itself is worth about 1.2 trillion. So, I mean, if he thinks he's going to get any sympathy, I'm sure he doesn't want any sympathy, but he thinks he's going to get any sympathy. He's not going going to get any.
0: And that's the leader. You can keep up with all the latest developments with the Evening Standard's live blog. You'll find that at standard.co.uk. And we also have morning briefings available at 7am through your smart speaker. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm.